Welcome everyone to another episode of the Golden Chicken Show. This is our NBA edition. The NBA season is finally here. Tomorrow is opening day. I've been looking forward to this since the season ended. Basketball is my favorite sport to gamble. Basketball is my favorite sport in general. I'm so excited for what we got coming up for you. <clears throat> Excuse me there. We have some great games tomorrow, some great games Wednesday. I think the way they actually started the season is going to be a, is a great uh, you know, test for a lot of teams and a great matchup, but we will, uh, you know, we'll definitely go over all of that, um, a little bit today. Um, so first thing we're going to go over today is our bets from Sunday. We posted three bets and we got reverse swept. We had the Packers, my Packers money line. I thought that was a lock was not expecting the Broncos to even play like a legitimate team. And it's, it's, it's just something, it's just something that I think it's, this was, as uh, Mr. Joe Winkle said yesterday, this is do or die time. This was to really see where their season was for the Packers. I don't know where you go from that because you have a lot of division matchups coming up. But that was definitely not a good game for them. They had to come back against a team that has struggled for majority of this year. Not not the best look for the Packers. Our next one was Rams minus three because the the Steelers never went on the road. And they, ne- they only went at primetime or at home. I just... Every, the way the Rams played against the Eagles, everything in me saw this game as another easy win. Um, the you know obviously the Kieran Williams news um, kind of hurt that. Everyone thought that um, Henderson was going to fit in really well, and he did. But the big thing in that game was the Steelers held Cooper Cup to only two catches the entire game, and I think going forward, that's the big thing you really have to look at for this team is how can how can they play without how can they play with um with Puka as their top receiver as with Tutu Atwell you know when when Cups in the game obviously the game plan is tailored to him but how are they going to play if he gets locked up like this and he doesn't get any catches and that really just hurt their offense um the last one was Washington minus 2 that was I'm I'm so disgusted at that game. Washington played like they were the team that hadn't scored a touchdown in the first half all season. Just a horrible, horrible game to watch. Uh Giants finally got a decent win where they didn't have to come back from 30 points. But that was Washington kind of I think a lot of people are asking for Rivera's head now. They, they kind of want him gone after that performance. Um, I thought that was a great read, but, you know, um, sometimes Vegas gets us and we lost on the minus two. So we went 0-3. That brings us to a thing. Let me see. Our record is on posted plays for Sunday. Uh, we are 20-18 and 18 right now. So we're just a little over breaking even. I still like our chances the rest of the season. I do have some good looks that I've already taken in now, uh, but we'll get we'll get to those um, a little bit later. We're gonna and we're gonna switch back over to the NBA <clears throat> now. Like I said, one of my favorite sports to bet, one of my favorite sports to just watch in general. Um, it's sorry, one second. It's it's just something about the NBA growing up a basketball fan and being able to analyze everything in it is something there's something great with it. And I love betting it. So we and anyone over at uh, for frequency sake will tell you from our group chat. I have been betting all week on this. I was placing futures three weeks ago. I've been writing articles about the best future bets for every team. I have been 
analyzing the books. I have been reading and reading and reading. I've been watching science. I've been watching live videos of training camps. I've been watching, I've been learning stuff. I've, I'm basically on the, the level of woes right now with how like some of the stuff I've been kind of learning on these teams. So I'm really excited. This is going to be the sport. I think I'm going to try to turn a, I'm going to turn my biggest profit this year on, and I'm really going to lock in on basketball. So luckily you guys are in on the ride with me for that. So we're going to break down Tuesday's games and then we're going to break down Wednesday. So we're going to break down the opening night games for every team. And then I'm going to give you some teams to really look for this week and how they play that teams that I might not be taking any bets on them yet, because I want to see what they're going to do without key players, what they're going to do with the new look offenses with new coaching systems, with new stars, all of that. So first thing we're going to do, we're going to break down the uh, ring ceremony game, Nuggets opening night in Denver. The spread is five and a half. And I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by that because is this a case of the LeBron's hype and the Lakers hype and their media attention has lowered the the spread on this a bit or is it a case of that the the Nuggets really didn't bring anyone in and they lost a key defensive piece and the Lakers brought a lot in and they didn't lose really anything key so i i wonder what side they're reading what their mindset is for this um, you know, can can we see another game where Jokic just walks around the court and puts up 30, 20, and 20? Uh, is this a game where, like, I mean, we saw Lesh in the playoffs. He was just throwing stuff in the air, and, and it was hitting. Um, is this another game where he's going to do that, or is he, you know, going to be partying so hard back home that uh, from his horse races that he's going to struggle the first couple games? Can LA pull off an upset on ring ceremony night? This is a new look team. Uh, they're going to move Anthony Davis to the four instead of the five this year. I don't know if it's going to happen game one, but I think it's slowly going to turn into a two big man game. I think Durbin Ham's kind of gotten tired of the the four guards and the center look that a lot of these um, NBA teams are kind of going leaning towards. I think he wants to go back towards that uh the the two big men down low uh running the pick and roll with which i think is great actually because running the pick and roll with russell is one of the key things that he's good at and that's why he struggled so much in golden state was they don't run they do not run pick and roll a lot so with this team you put two big men down there that can that could run the pick and roll well and davis and jackson hayes and you put them with a good shooter with russell i think it could run really well this year but it's going to be an adjustment. You know, AD's played the five for the last four years. He's going to have to go back to playing the four regularly. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle, I think. But I, I think this is going to be a good game. I don't think the Lakers are going to win, though. Um, I think if I would lean the spread for Denver, I think this might be one of those games that it's a six, seven point game. They hit a big three. And it's just a couple fouls here, a couple fouls there, and it comes out six, seven points. Um, I, I would lean the spread, but the personal play I took was Jokic to get a double-double and Denver to win. Um, I used a boost from DraftKings for that and uh, jacked that up to a uh, plus 105. It was minus 110 when I got it. So boosted that up so I could double my money on it. That's my play for the first game. And... Uh, before we get into the rest of the plays, just remember, we're going to be posting plays all night and all day tomorrow before the game. Uh, parlays I've taken, parlays I loved, straight bets I like, straight bets I'm leaning. Um, and I'll even post a couple early plays for uh, the Wednesday games. So you guys can kind of just see everything we're betting, everything we're taking, giving you guys full transparency on how we're playing. Uh, so... This Suns game is just, I really don't know what to make of this. It's a giant revenge game. Um, I, I This is probably going to be one of the more fun games to start the season on. You have the Suns, uh, you know, getting rid of Chris Paul and playing him game one. 
You have Kevin Durant playing against his former team. You have a matchup you could potentially see with Booker and Clay Thompson again, where last time they played each other in Phoenix, there was uh, Clay Thompson got ejected. It's this is and this it's super close. Is the spread is one. Um, you could even take the money line on that, and the money line is still rocking. You know, one ten, one like there's there's no only one book has it plus has either team plus money, and that's FanDuel. So if you're a arbitrage better, that's where you go for that one. You take it on FanDuel for one twenty and one oh two because one of them's gonna win, and you can make money off it either way. Um, actually, I'm gonna look at that real quick while we go over. Um, we'll go over everything. This is how is CP3 going to fit into this offense? And that's something I really want to see that. I mean, obviously Chris Paul has played in multiple different systems throughout his NBA career. He's been able to pretty much melt into whatever system is best for them and taking that. So I'm curious to see if you put him in a system where he the right way to say it he the best way he can play is is through having the ball in his hands and being able to create offense and obviously you know he's going to have the opportunity to do that but this is Steph Curry's offense. The ball's running through Steph Curry. You're not changing up Steph Curry's game plan and mindset for a 38-year-old point guard. So to really, really looking at that is going to be something. I want to see how's the new big three going to work for each team. Draymond um, is confirmed out game one. So how will Kaminga do in his place? How will they will they go Chris Paul in the starting lineup and they sit Kaminga and run Wiggins at the four or because of the height advantage do you put you know you have Beal guarding Curry Clay you put Wiggins on KD and you put Kaminga in there as an extra big man and run you know a little bit of a slower lineup that's something they're really going to have to look at but I think Booker and KD are primed for big games I think this game's going to be a shootout the over you just need each team to score 116 that's easily doable between these two teams Booker and KD, I think, are primed for big games because of their matchups. You, With no Draymond Green, you're going to have Andrew Wiggins on Durant, which is not the worst matchup. But if Draymond can't hold KD under 30, I don't think Andrew Wiggins can either. Um, I think this is this is the game I think Brad Beal takes um, a backseat. I think he might just start hacking up shots to get into rhythm in his first home game. But this, it's there's nothing in this game that – makes me think this game won't go over. I'm staying away from the who wins this game and the spread just because it's so close. And this is, this is just, this might be one of those games where if I hadn't already made the bet, I would, I wouldn't make one and I would just sit and enjoy it. Like this is, this is going to be a very fun basketball game to watch. Um, And so I, the one thing I did take, uh, or I took two plays on this, actually, I took Devin Booker's points and assist line. It's, uh, last I checked, it was 33 on prize picks, 33 and a half on, on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, he's hit that in two of the last three against the Warriors. Um, but also, when Chris Paul was out towards the end of the year and in the playoffs, and Devin Booker ran the point, they just ran a defensive lineup and put Booker at the point, he was incredible. Um, I'm high on him. I said take his over on assists will be something I'd look at this year too. And I took that. Um, I'm I also took for him to get five assists on a prize picks play just because it was matched up with Curry to get one point and figure, you know, throw throw 10 bucks at that, see if I can win 30. But I think with I I unless they've just decided that they're gonna switch up Bradley Beal's whole game plan that he's been around his whole career, he uh, this the ball's going to be in Booker's hand as the point guard, and Beal's going to run the two. Um, we saw it when he has a ball dominant guard running the point, like Booker, like when he was with Westbrook, 
he has some of his best seasons. So I think I think I don't think he'll have a great year this year. I think next year will be the year that uh, Beal goes off. But I think this is this is going to be Booker putting up twenty like twenty five or thirty and six seven assists. This is this is something I'm really high on this week. I want to really see what he does, and I might you know eat it. I might get killed with it. But I'm willing to take the risk on that one. I really, I really want to see how his passing game and his assist rate goes up with uh, while running the point full time now um, in this offense. So I took that, and also you can get Booker, Curry, and Kevin Durant all to score 20 points at a minus 171. Um, if you have your 25% boost on DraftKings, that knocks it down to probably closer to like a 140. So you have a little bit better odds on that or closer, probably even to plus 100. Um, but I took that just cause I, if, if I lose on this Booker one, this, this should easily cover me. Um, I think that's, that's the game plan this year for basketball is if there's a play we like, but it's a little risky, I'm taking a, a nice little builder behind it to cover my losses. So I'm at least breaking even on it. This is that's gonna be a given play. Curry's projected almost 30 points, Katie's projected 28, and Booker's projected 26. So 20 for each of them is just a lock. Um, like I said, the over might be in play. I think this might be one of those games where it gets towards the fourth, and each team's just chucking up shot after shot after shot and just matching each other back and forth. And we see like a 70-point quarter between both teams, or possibly even almost an 80-point quarter. Um, and this game could potentially go to overtime as well. So I, I'm really big on the over on that as well, but I took it as a lean. I put a couple on it. Um, so that's for, those are our plays for tomorrow. Uh, make sure you stay tuned on our TikTok page as well as our Twitter. Cause we're actually, we actually just posted a betting challenge. It's going to go live on TikTok and Twitter tomorrow around 2 PM that we're going to do. We're going to try that rags to riches challenge that I mentioned before with football and hockey. Uh, but we're going to do it for basketball. We're going to start with $1, and we're going to see how far we can bring that money along. So make sure you check us out for that. I'm really excited to do that challenge. I've done the ladder challenge a couple times, gotten close, but I always got up to close to like that $500 mark and panicked and backed out. So I want to see what happens when I start with a dollar and just see how far I can carry it along through different bets, different parlays like that. Um, yeah, so let's we're going to break down Wednesday's plays real quick. Now, Wednesday is the day that everyone's playing. There's a lot of good games. Um, there's, I think, like I said at the beginning of the show, I think a lot of these games are going to be test games for teams. And I know it's an 82-game season. It's going to take time for teams to adjust. But, you know, the everyone in the media likes to panic over everything. So I think this is one of those games that, or one of those days where a lot of these teams are in a position to see, okay, was last year a fluke? Okay, yeah, you've brought new players in, but what's that team going to look like now? And obviously, like we saw the Jazz last year, they started out 10-0, and and they finished one of the worst teams in the league. Teams obviously go down. There's always the hype, but it makes team, it makes you start looking at players. Like if you – before the season last year, if you said Laurie Markham was going to average over 20 a game, I don't think many people would believe you. But he did. He was an all-star. No one was expecting that. And that's that's the beauty of like having really good matchups because you could say, oh, you know, the Jazz played the Rockets. They don't play defense. They're a bad team. They're both rebuilding. He put up 30. But when he's putting those numbers up against a team like the Kings or like the Celtics, then that starts getting attention. So we're looking through the games. Everything's matched up evenly. you got the Rockets magic. Rockets have a new look that's probably – um fast forwarded their rebuild a couple seasons um and the magic are i think they're at the point i don't think they're in rebuild mode but i don't think they're in buy now mode i think they're in wait and see mode they just extended colt anthony i think markel fultz and isaac come off the books after this year i think they're i think they might make a play this offseason i know my man joe is a big magic fan so i know he'll probably like this uh but i think they're gonna they're due for a a decent offseason where either where they're gonna just unload players that aren't playing, or they're going to try to bring in a big name in free agency. 
Um, and, you know, I mean, we got Celtics-Knicks, a rivalry. Knicks won this series last year, and they won on opening day against this team two years ago. So I think this is obviously – this. Is, I mean, obviously the Knicks made a giant step. I don't think anyone – everyone thought they were going to make the post, but I don't think anyone thought they were going to make the four seed. So if they can shut down the Celtics team, that's going to be big because their big thing last year was – they and their numbers say differently, but I've I've been in New York. I've been to MSG a lot last year. I watched a lot of these games. They don't really play great defense. They just run around so much that it makes you panic. And I think that's the thing. If you if you really watch them, watch. Don't watch when Mitchell Robinson's in. Watch when Hartenstein's in, and they got quickly in, or even Josh Hart in. They don't really play sound defense. They just sprint back and forth really hard. And they make you think like, oh, God, they're getting – but no, they're, they're just big, strong players that run fast. They don't really, you know, pick pockets. They don't – other than Robinson, they don't really block shots. They just kind of are there. And, you know, that's that's something you really got to watch these teams. Um, but nonetheless, we're – those are the two I'm most excited about because I'm high on the Magic this year. and. Um, I'm, I was told by my girlfriend, I have to say I'm high on the Knicks this year because that's her favorite team. Um, but I hate the Knicks. <laughs> um, now that Derek Rose is gone, I have no reason to cheer for him. Um, but so breaking down Wednesday slate, I like, I want to, I want to lean on the magic. I think that is a, a decent bit. God, I just got a new lamp and there's already moss flying in it. I don't even know where they came from this apartment. God, New York. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, I, I I like the Magic this year, but if this was any other matchup other than the Rockets, I would say take their spread. But this is a Rockets team that I I also am very high on, and I really want to see how their team has changed because one of the big things last year was they could not play defense, specifically against guards. You know that like Shea dropped fifty on them twice. They, they had multiple players averaging over 35 a game against them in two to three games each. So bringing in Dylan Brooks, as much as everyone hates Dylan Brooks, was a good move. Fred Van Vliet gives you that veteran presence because you can't complain to that man. He started undrafted in the G League and made it all the way and won a championship as a starter. Like There's nothing that anyone on that Rockets team can say to him. Really, it's... And now how with a new coach, how are they going to play a different system? Because the system before was just let Kevin Porter and Jalen Green shoot 50 shots a game. And now they have to actually play an offense. So I really want to see what they're going to do with that. But also the Magic have put together a solid development group. And I really want to see what they do with that. So I took a lean on the Magic spread because I do think they'll probably come away with that one. But and if you can place it with a teaser – then I would take it. I took it um, earlier this week, actually, with a teaser for like six points with the Pacers. So it knocked the Pacers down to um, a minus to win by a minus one and a half, and it put them at plus three. So I was more comfortable with that. Because um, if they do lose this game, it's not going to be a blowout, and if the Pacers can't win by two. That I'm then that's just sad. Um. But it's – DraftKings just keeps pulling me an instant reload bonus. What is that about? Um, but going forward, um, I really – leaning also on the Knicks game. Like I said, the Knicks have won three straight opening nights, but that Celtics team is just so good. Um, there's really just – there's nothing I, I'm – really want to see from both teams we both know what each team is one team's a championship contending team and one team is a team fighting for a top five spot in the playoffs that are just probably one step away from a championship contending team so i i want to see how that game goes down my the Cavs. i took the Cavs uh on the spread minus two and a half that seems really low for a team top five against a team that the the Nets have good players, but I don't I don't believe in the way they're playing. 
I think they'll be good. They'll probably make the playoffs, but it'll be like last year. They'll finish around the six to the eight spot. And I just, I don't see what Vegas is seeing that the Cavs will lose by or win by like the spread is two and a half. I don't see this game being a two point game. I think, yeah, Bridges can lock down, you know, Donovan Mitchell, but Garland's playing great. Evan Mobley played great in the, in the preseason their their whole team looked really solid and i think now they're kind of developing more into just being the donovan mitchell shoot 40 shots show um so i'm really looking forward to that um other than that the only other thing i took that i really really liked um was i don't i personally i never take the heat on the spread because the heat never show up when you want them to and they always show up when you don't want them to um, and I also don't take the Clippers on the spread because of that same reason. But given their matchups, they're both easily going to win their matchups on opening night. Um, now that I said that, I probably jinxed it. But Heat take on the Pistons. Pistons, I think, are going to be a lot better than last year. But this Heat team is on some kind of revenge tour this year. They're mad. They don't, they're pretty pissed they're not getting Dame. They're pretty pissed they did all that offseason drama for nothing. And I think they're going to come up strong. I just never take the spread. I took their money line and I parlayed it with the Clippers money line because the Clippers are playing the Blazers. It's another team that's on my watch list because they still have solid pieces. But there's just like I the Clippers, I think, are there. This is their last season at Staples. They're going to try to put some kind of a show on. And I. I think secretly Ty Luce, um Ty Lue's on the hot seat. If they can't with Kawhi being a free agent after this year, PG next year, and you know the rumors they might be getting hardened, they might trade, they might trade Paul George. I think they're trying. They, these guys are trying to prove their worth, and I think Ty Lue might be on the hot seat. If they if they can't put something decently, at least like a conference semifinals, and like getting it to like game six or seven, there, I think they're. I I, th- I think he's gone. I think they try to find something else. Um, I think he's in the same situation as Nick Nurse. They just they just try to find something else. So those are my those are my best bets for Wednesday. Again, those are all going to be posted by tomorrow night, or at the very least by noon on Wednesday. Um, for those games, and last thing we're going to cover for the NBA is we're going to do our teams to watch this week. And uh, these are teams we're going to do one every week, just like our power ranking. It's teams that I. Caution betting on, but I, because I want to see how they're going to handle the the cards that they were dealt, their situations. So, and to give you the best example, the first one is going to be the Grizzlies. I am not going to take anything for the first couple of nights on the Grizzlies unless it's. Okay, actually, you know what? Screw. It. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see who they play this week. Um, but while I'm looking this up, you have no John ja Morant for 25 games you have no steven adams for the season so yeah i'm yeah i they play the nuggets the mavericks and after the in-season tournament right after halloween they play the heat the jazz and the clippers so that's their that's their opening matchups for the first couple weeks that's just something that I think they're not going to do well with. Um, they they brought in they brought in some kind of piece. They brought in some pieces. I think Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose um, were great pieces because Derrick Rose is going to give them an extra. The thing that they were lacking last year was a veteran presence. Um, and I think they they got a, a lot more of it now, bringing in Derrick Rose, who's one of the oldest players in the league. That, that hurts to say it because that's one of my favorite players. Um, you and bringing in uh, Marcus Smart. I mean, because other than that, no one on that team is. On the, other than that, I guess you could say Luke Kennard because he's on a second contract. But, I mean, other than that, they don't have anyone 
that's a veteran presence. And, you know, now that they lost Steven Adams, they're relying on Xavier Tillman, who I think will be solid. I think he might have a good year. But then who their backup from there is Aldama, who's injury prone, and Kenny Lofton, who came in at 300 pounds at a training camp. He's he's out of shape. He he can't go more than five, 10 minutes. Brandon Clark's going to be hurt the first couple weeks. It's There's just everything in me is saying to keep away from them to start the year or if the very, I've, I want to see how they play against the Pelicans, them having a real team to face in the first week um, with them and the nuggets in their first two games. And then after like an easy game against the wizards, they got the Mavericks um, not to mention three of these are at home. So if they struggle against these teams at home, potential playoff matchups at home, then I don't want to – I'm going to watch them very cautiously for the rest of the season. Um, the other one, there's two more I really want to take – three more, actually, I really want to look at. We're going to go over them quick so we can get on to the NFL slate and uh, Monday Night Football. Um, I want to really watch the Pistons. Cade Cunningham, when he's played, has looked very good. That's someone that – um, I think I think he's he's the piece that puts this team together. They and they knew that, and everyone looked at the way this team played. It was like, oh, they're terrible. Their their best player was out. Just like when LeBron was out, the Lakers sucked, and just like when Shea was out, the Thunder sucked, and when Randall was out a couple of days, the Knicks struggled. When teams lose that vital piece of their team, they're gonna suck, and. If you look at it, I think before he got hurt, they were five and four, which wasn't great, but you know, he's averaging 24, seven and six. So that's someone I really, really want to look at heavily. And I really want to see how this team faced because they didn't really lose anyone to my knowledge. I'll have to double check that. But Bogdanovich is a great piece. Ivy's a great piece. They have a big, they have a four-man rotation at the power forward center spot with Bagley. Stewart, Wiseman, and Duran. That's, I mean, if you're a basketball casual, you're like, oh, okay, two busts and the guy that tried to kill LeBron. But when you, if you've really watched the way this team, like, those guys are very solid. They're not obviously going to be, you know, the next oh, Evan Mobley. They're not going to be the next, you know, Anthony Davis's. But with the way this team plays, they're very solid options. That'll give you 10 and 10 a night, just about every single night. So I really want to see how they're going to play against the Heat and how they're going to start the first couple of weeks of the season. How are the Trailblazers going to look? You don't have Dame. This is You'll be your first game without Dame. Yeah, this is the Scoot Henderson era. This is the Shaden Sharp, the Anthony Simons era. But what a lot of people are overlooking with this team is they obviously these guys are probably going to get traded by midway of the season. I'm not denying that unless they go on some kind of crazy run and they're fighting for like an eight, a seven or eight spot. And they think, Hey, let's have one year before we pull the plug. But they have a, a sneakily strong lineup. You have Brogdon who's willing to come off the bench. He knows he's not going to be here by the end of the year, but he knows, he knows his role and he's playing it and he knows he's playing. He's auditioning for the first couple months of the season. You have Jeremy Grant, who's auditioning for the first couple months of the season. Those two guys alone will give you an easy 12 to 15 a night. And they're very solid veterans to help develop these guys. But not to mention you have Deandre Ayton playing with a coach and a system that fits him better than anything Phoenix has put around him. Yes. Phoenix is great. But DeAndre Ayton does not like to play the play style, the coaching style, the tempo style, the attitude style that the coaches brought in from Phoenix. He didn't like the get in your face, calling you out, dog eat dog kind of style. And you could tell he struggled because that everything was catered to Booker. This is a system. He said it. he's happy here. He loves it here already. He's, he's going to play great this year. <laughs> Last minute future, if you want to take him over 10 and a half rebounds, that's going to be a lot because these guys are going to fling that ball. Oh, excuse me. They're going to fling that ball this year. I want to see how they play. I think 
if they go in with this mindset of, oh, we're a rebuilding team, they're going to struggle. But if they go into this mindset, when they look around that locker room and say, hey, we have a lot of solid pieces for the meantime, and let's wait and see what we do with this. I really am high on them. If they come in with that kind of attitude, I really want to watch what they do opening night. Um, And the last one is Philly. I am fading Philly to start the year. I won because they played the Bucks week one and the Bucks are the Bucks with Larry is going to be a dominate dominant team. But this is the team that your star your star, your your second best player with an asterisk next to it because of the way Maxie's been playing is demanding out. He's not gonna play, he's not gonna practice. And no one's trading for him because it's the third time he's – this is actually the fourth time. Most people don't know he did this in OKC too. But he's he's pulling this crap and no one wants to trade for him because they know if they struggle, he's going to do this. And he – and so how is this team going to react to it being just Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid? Because now you don't have a third option. This was a, This was a chance that you guys could actually beat – Milwaukee because Milwaukee doesn't have three solid defenders that can shut them down anymore. Now it's a two-on-two matchup, and I'd rather trust Milwaukee. I'd rather trust the other teams they're playing because if you have to force Joel Embiid to go to ISO again, they're going to lose almost every night. And he's even said he doesn't like playing ISO ball. So if he has to go to that, he's going to get to where he was last year. He's going to have to put up 50 points a game to keep his team relevant to start the season. So I really want to see what this team's going to do, how they're going to react to no James Harden the first couple of games. Um, so that is it for our NBA plays. We're you know we're going to do a quick look over of the. Oh wow, sorry, just breaking news. Um, Giannis just got a three-year, hundred eighty-six million dollar extension. So obviously that Dame move just. Um, just really showed up for Giannis because that was the one thing he he wasn't going to sign an extension until he knew they could put a team around him. So that is that's big. I, I think that's really big. Um, but we're gonna do a quick look over some of the boosts that are available um, on DraftKings and FanDuel. So FanDuel had one for Hawkinson and Kittle to get 125 yards. I think you should stay away from that one. We were talking about it the other night. At, for fantasy's sake, that a lot of these boosts are either five minutes into the game, it's over, or they're really, really struggling, and they're really not that good, and they're just trying to bait you into spending a bunch of money. So I think the one thing you really have to look at with those is what's the max amount you can bet on it? If the most it'll let you bet is 10 bucks, then I think they know it's probably going to win, and you should take it if you like it. If it's telling you like the max bet you could take is 25, 35, up to 50, they're trying to set you up. Now, granted, some of them hit. Some of them get lucky. I thought the the AJ Brown Tyree Kill one last night was uh the 150 combined was a bust. I was like, there's the way these two teams are playing, there's no way that's gonna hit. But it did. So some of these are really good, but you gotta look at you gotta remember at the end of the day, DraftKings wants your money. They're not here to help you make money. They're here to take your money. And we're here to take to get you money, to take their money. That was a really cool line, and I messed that up. That was bad. <laughs> but but if you really if you really like a boost, I suggest just researching a bit on it, checking what the max amount they'll let you bet on. If it's anything higher than 20, I say proceed with caution. If it's anything less than 20 and you like it, by all means, hammer it. Hammer whatever the max it'll let you if you like it. I usually don't put more than five or ten on them each time. I don't like putting a lot on them because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing research. I'm just blindly like, okay, well they put it up there. Um, but other than that, the only other thing I really saw boost wise that looked really good was um, there was one on Fanduel. For, or not on FanDuel, on DraftKings. And it was the super boost for Kittle and Hawkinson to get 80 yards combined. I think that one's more likely it'll hit 
Um, I personally, I'm not taking any boot. I don't take any boost on Monday night football because, or Thursday night, because it looks like a, like a trap. Um, cause those are the most unpredictable days for football. Um, but that's something to really look at. Um, I, I, I think, let me check their projections. I think they're both projected in, um, they're both projected pretty high up. I think Hawkinson's projected 57 and Kittle is projected at 48. So it's kind of close, but like I said, if you like that, if you think it's going to be a high passing game, all means go for it. Um, I personally am just staying away from it. Um, so we're going to, we're going to break down the, in, the, the upcoming NFL slate for week eight. We got, we've gotten rocked the last two weeks. Uh, part of that's me being lazy. Part of it's me just blindly following some stuff and not really re-researching it, not really going back on it. We haven't had a couple a show in the last week or so just some because of this, because um, I wanted to make sure I really locked in and got stuff ready for you guys. So um, we have – I'm going to break down the bets I've already taken, the games I'm completely staying away from. Um, and if a game's not mentioned, it usually means I'm just waiting to see what happens. I'm waiting for the lines to move. I'm waiting for injury reports to come out. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for something in my head to say, oh, well, this makes sense and taking it. So the first, first thing we're going to look at is Thursday night football. I think this could be a close game. These are, this is two teams who lost in ugly fashion against teams. They both should have easily won, but Allen is Josh Allen's going to want to get his rhythm back against the Buccaneers who have a decent secondary. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to chalk that up to they have a good secondary or if it's because they just haven't played teams that are good passing. Um, but this is a team. Um, this is the team that, I mean, they have the opportunity to get exposed. They got exposed by Desmond Ritter of all people. And I think Josh Allen's going to try to take advantage of the same thing. But on the other hand, the Bucks could actually take advantage of this injured Bills defense that's just constantly hurt. If Mac Jones can um, can outthrow Josh Allen, then Baker Mayfield should out should be able to outthrow Josh Allen. Um, Mac jo- he made Mac he gave Mac Jones the Bills gave Mac Jones a whole other season before we have to have this conversation again of should we bench him for Bailey Zappi just off that one game. Another little tidbit: uh, Make Mayfield is undefeated on Thursday. He sucks on Sunday night. I think it was a stat. He's like zero for five on Sunday night football. He's four and zero as a uh, quarterback for Thursday night football. And two of those matchups were division matchups, so not like the easiest ones. It was Steelers and a Bengals matchup. But it's it's something that I think to really take into account that he might be playing better. He might he might play better with less rest, maybe or maybe it's um, I didn't look too far into it to see like what the situations were going in. Like, was it a team that was injured? Was it a team coming off like a Sunday night game into Thursday night, or was it like a bye week for the Browns? Because all of his games were with either the Browns or the Rams. So I didn't look that far into it, but it's somebody I like the over in this game. I think both of these teams are going to get somewhat exposed on defense. Um, and the way the way their offenses ran the week before, I think they're going to really focus on that this week, and they're going to try to find every little hole in the defense, and they're going to exploit it. So give me the over on that. And if we're looking at it right now, the over is forty two. We saw an over last week in a game that we thought was going to be under, but I I think a lot of th- people because of the way the pace of play from both these teams are going to fi- go to the under. I take it at forty two. I wouldn't go higher than 43 and a half. So a point up, but if you start noticing a lot of money on it and it's dropping closer to 40, then stay away from it. I would just pull all my money from that point. Um, So that's my Thursday night football bet. And we're going to write an article up on some player props for that as well. Later on for Sunday, there are two games. I love it's the Atlanta, Tennessee under, um, and the Texans minus three. Now Atlanta, Tennessee, I might change that up to a Atlanta money line. I want to see what the spread moves to after the trade. Yeah, it moved to a one, minus one. So I would just, 
probably take the money line straight up as a safety. Um, but it Atlanta played great. They're I think they're finding some kind of rhythm. It it may look ugly, but they're finding some form of chemistry on this team that's working. I mean, obviously you play a game like that and you don't have your star running back. What's what's it gonna look like when you have him back? But I think this is going to be another game you could potentially see Desmond Ritter go off in the passing game. The Titans have one of the worst secondaries. They just traded their best secondary uh, player to the Eagles again for for nothing. Um, if you want to find more about that, I'm sure Joe Winkle is going to have a big piece on that later on this week. Uh, Educated Ignorance on Fridays. Make sure you check that out. You're welcome for the shout-out, Joe. <laughs> but. Um, but no, I think this game might be an under both these teams. When they do get the ball, they run, they take six, seven minute drives. All their games that have been overs have been because the defense has got exposed on one or two big plays. But these teams also, the big thing is they suck in the red zone. These are two of the worst or the bottom 10 teams in red zone offense and red zone scoring this season this is going to be a kicker game these two kickers are going to be these are two of the top five actually kickers in fantasy as well so these two kickers are going to be going back and forth 30 yard field goals 35 yard field goals my chair just fucking broke fell apart sorry that's my one f-bomb doug won't do that again um but the, these are two teams that they can't score and they can't score inside the 25 yard line. The Falcons are getting a little bit better, but I don't trust the Falcons to single handedly score over 30 points. So the over under right now is at 30. The best line I could find right now, you can get it at 37 for a for the best odds on that. I find is like 110. And that's on uh, points bet and Caesars. You could get that. Um, the best odd reg- out of all of them for the under is there's a 36 and a half on MGM at 105. But I would take the I would take the 37 if you could find 37 and a half. Take that. I think that's worth um, your time and your money. Um, but. But yeah, so that that game is going to be an under show. I think the Falcons are going to give their fans another stress-filled game of 10 to 7, 13 to 10 kind of football. Um the next one Texans minus 3. I am fully fading the Panthers as someone who grew up in the Carolinas who's watched this team. I was so mad when I saw Frank Wright get hired. I don't care what kind of development he's had for quarterbacks. He sucks. He's a terrible head coach. The last couple of years has been horrible. They he got fired like six games into his tenure in Indy, and the Panthers said, "Let's give him the job over the coach that all the players said they wanted him." This ownership group is trying to tear this team down and move him somewhere. It's gonna the next couple of years is gonna be like major league for this team. I, I the battle of the two quarterbacks. I'm not saying C.J. Stroud was the better pick. I think if you would switch these quarterbacks, um, they'd be in similar situations. It's all based on their development. But the Panthers put a bunch of aging players around him and receivers who were past their prime and just hoping to God it worked versus the Texans put a bunch of receivers around Stroud that are going to be able to bond with him and play with him for multiple years. So that's that's the that's the difference right there. Makes it a defensive minded head coach that has been a very good defense for a young defensive team in Houston. I. I've I've I would be shocked if this is the game the Panthers come out and play football. I think Texans minus three is a steal. This line started as a excuse me. It started at a three and it stayed at a three. So I think once we get the injury report out, it's gonna look a little different. But you can get minus three for plus one hundred on this game. That is insane. Everything else I'm seeing is like minus 102, minus 105. One of them is who did this? Which book? DraftKings has it minus two and a half, but the odds drop down. They buy you down a bit to uh, 
like minus 120, which still isn't bad if you want to take it. Because if you do the minus three and it's a three-point game, it's a void. So obviously that's something you um, you really want to pay attention to and be very careful of. But I really like that play. Um, there's only one game I'm leaving I'm not touching on one, on the 1 p.m. slate. It's Eagles versus Commanders. There is the Eagles last year lost their undefeated streak against this team. They're coming off a, a big win playing a team that had a terrible loss in the worst stadium to play in in the NFL. I don't trust anything on this game. I don't even like that I'm going to have to start A.J. Brown because he's my wide receiver one in fantasy this week. I don't even want to do it. I might find a way to bench him. I, you know, if if I'm wrong on this one, I will gladly be wrong. I just think this game has too many factors against it. The commanders are the undefeated team killer for some god-awful reason. I mean, the stadium tried to kill Jalen Hurts two years ago. So I, I think this is just one of those games you got to just leave it be. You know, don't touch anything. And knowing me and as stupid as I am, by Friday night, I'll have some kind of player prop in for it. And it'll be the best look I'll have all day. But I'm staying away from this game completely gambling-wise this week. Um, We're going to switch to the 4 p.m. and the Sunday night primetime game. So we have a lot of leans. We don't have a lot of, like, hard hammering a unit. Every A lot of leans right now to start for those games because the spreads are very high and those games have been weirdly com- either really competitive or giant blowouts every week this year. Ravens minus eight and a half is something I'm leaning right now. I I think it's a good play. I really like it. I don't care if the line's going up or down. I'm still going to stay with a lean on this one because although the Ravens have been great, the Cardinals have been a cover machine this year. They've covered the spread in nearly every single game this year. They've made teams who are supposed to look at them like, oh, this is going to be a 20-point blowout, and it's been like a three-point game. It's Are the Rams going to win? Absolutely. But the odds are like minus 400. It's not worth taking. Um, but I like the Ravens minus 8.5 as a lean. Put a couple dollars on it just to be careful because this also feels like after a bl- giant blowout win like that, this feels like it could potentially be a letdown game. And one of those games where they just come in, oh, it's Arizona. Arizona sucks. Uh, who's Josh Dobbs? And then all of a sudden, it's 21-14 Arizona with two minutes left in the game. So I'm I'm leaning that because I do like that play. But it also has – it's got very high potential of just being um, a really bad game for Lamar Jackson. Um, I am hammering, though. There's two plays I am hammering, and we're going to get into some more leans later in the week. Christian McCaffrey's over in rushing yards. Yes, I know he'll be playing on a little bit of a short week. We don't know what he's going to look like today. Whatever his rushing yard is, that's when it's available. I'm taking it. The Bengals have the worst rushing defense in the NFL. They let Derrick Henry go off for like 150 yards. I'm taking that easily. I'm not even worried about what the rest of that team's doing. I don't care how close of a game this is. If you take his rushing receiving combination it's probably going to be around 100 i'd still take that because (laughs) mccaffrey is just if derrick henry can put up 140 mccaffrey should be able to put up 200 even on one leg so i i'm taking his over we're leaning bears and chargers because the chargers should win but herbert still isn't 100 percent and i know it's one game but bajent baggin however you say he looked great he, I mean, obviously he's not going to be the, they, they're not going to throw away their future with Justin Fields off to one or two games, but he looked really good against a struggling defense. And now he's going up against another slightly struggling defense. They just gave up 450 yards to Mahomes. I can at least see bagging. I can see the, the backup going for 175, at least 200. I think, I think this could be, I don't want to say an upset game, but I think this could be a game where, like I talked about with the Broncos, and a lot of people didn't believe me. I was, I said, if the if the Broncos were to lose to anyone, it would be the Bears, and if the Chargers after that game were to struggle against the team, it would be the Bears, and as well with the the Chargers' luck of always playing in low one possession games as much as possible, 
that's that's definitely on the table here. So I'm I'm taking that on. A, I'm, I'm putting a couple. I'm, it's a little sprinkle. We're sprinkling a little bit on it. Um, and our last one that we're going to take is Lions minus seven and a half for Sunday night football. The Raiders are hot garbage. Brian Hoyer looked eh, what you would expect from a, a late 30-year-old backup quarterback. But this, the Lions are not going to lose two games in a row like this. And especially going up against a Raiders team where we know, okay, they know, okay, if we shut down Devontae, we shut down Josh Jackson, then we can live with Jacoby Myers getting 50, 60 yards. I think this is a game the Lions are going to come out strong. Jameer Gibbs is probably is going to be at 100% health. He's been out last couple of weeks, so he just needed rhythm last week. I'm not saying he would have been the X factor. They probably still were going to lose that game by 30 points. But now that he's got full strength, we have a very solid offensive line that should be able to hold Crosby pretty well. I like their minus seven and a half. Believe it. I'm I might leave this team the rest of the season. The Chiefs. The Chiefs just feel like they're just messing around. You never know when they're going to go off for 40. They they haven't they were they had 41 points at halftime in a game where the over was 48 and a half and they finished at 48 total points. Like it just feels like they're just like, "Oh, we got a lead. Let's just, you know, hang out. We'll we'll keep it close enough that we keep Mahomes in and then so he can get reps so he doesn't get lazy." And then they're just waiting for the playoffs at this point. Like like no, they're not scoring. I'm I'm take. Uh, I don't even remember who they're playing this week. I think it's uh, DJ will kill me for not knowing this one. Oh, they're playing the Broncos. They couldn't hit the over against the Broncos at home. I don't think they're gonna hit it on the road. Um, but also, you know, now with them not hitting, they haven't hit an over since uh, Taylor Swift has come to a game. So is Taylor Swift cursing the overs for? the chiefs you know i I hope dj's listening into this because i know he'll have an opinion on that one but you know that's my opinion i'm gonna bring that one into sunday to everyone i'm gonna see what they say they're 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 gonna get really confused on that one but that's gonna be my uh my big hot take this week is taylor switch is cursing the overs and the chiefs um Last thing we're going to do, once again, uh, before before we get to our last segment, we only got a couple minutes left. I do want to mention at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, Points in the Paint is going live for their NBA preview. I'm going to be joining Sam. We're going to go over um, what we like with the NBA this year, everything going on from the offseason. Be sure to check that out. Um, it's going to be a really fun show. Like I said, we're all – everyone over here is excited. We've been talking basketball nonstop for the last three days. Our basketball chat's been blowing up. Every five minutes, my phone's vibrated off the table since we started at least twice. So check that out at eight. It mean a lot. We're really going to focus on trying to get uh, some winning plays for you guys this year. So get some winning fantasy in for you guys and just really create a lot of great content for the NBA this year. Make things fun. Um, So uh, we're going to look into Monday Night Football for our last segment here today and what to look forward to. I really don't know. This like obviously McCaffrey's playing. There's no Debo. This I, I feel like every Monday night football game this year has been, oh, it's gonna be these two teams. They were great last year. It's gonna be such a great game to watch. And then it's not every single week. Like, why do the Giants, I'm shitting on them again. Why do they have three Monday night football games this year? And they've gotten blown out in nearly every single primetime game they played. That's gross. I hate it. And yes. On paper, at the beginning of the season, this game was circled on a lot of people's calendars. It's going to be one of the most fun games. Kirk Cousins and Jefferson versus the toughest defense. Brock Purdy against a terrible defense in Minnesota. And everyone's hurt. There's going to be ambulances on the field because they don't have enough players. There, there are some bright spots. You, I really want to see how does Purdy handle a bounce back. How, how is he going to bounce back from a game like that? That's the first worst game. That's the worst game he's ever had in his career. Against a defense like now you're playing a defense that's a lot weaker than what you face in Cleveland. How do you bounce back? I mean, obviously you have a good game, then you have to prove you're doing. You can do this against all the other teams. There's all the talk about he's not a good quarterback. He's just an average quarterback with the greatest wide receiver and running back core in the NFL. That could be true. 
but I really want to see what he does this week because now he's down his best receiver. And in reality, he's kind of down McCaffrey too. McCaffrey's going to be playing on like at like 70%. And if this game gets to a couple scores, they're going to kind of keep him away from the field. It's going to be an Elijah Mitchell show today. But how is he going to handle that? Cousins is going to play a good defense for the first time without Jefferson. How is he going to handle that? Is is he going to go off? Is he going to have another game where it just looks like he doesn't know what he's doing and he's back to how he was on the Redskins? Um, you know, I think if we had to make one bet before we go, because we are running out of time, um, this is going to be a good game to watch. I think the player you really need to watch this week is Brandon Ayuk. I have been high on him all year. I thought this was going to be his breakout year, and so far it's proving me. I don't want to say I'm right, but I don't want to say I'm wrong the way he's played. He's Purdy's favorite target, and now with Debo out, he's going to get 90% of the focus. So uh, if I'm making one play today, it's going to be Brock, uh, It's going to be a Purdy to Ayuk connection. Ayuk score a touchdown is – anytime touchdown is plus 140. So I will gladly take that. So once again – we're going to have all, all of our plays posted from the show t- by tomorrow morning, by tomorrow at noon um, on our Twitter page. Uh, we're going to have an article written out on Substack for all of our bets for the upcoming week. Be sure to check us out. Thank you guys for watching and have a great night.